Show, the show where we bring up a word or phrase to spark a conversation about the related media. This is your host, Jeff Blanchard, and my creating co-host, Eleanor Helladillon. Hello, Jeff. Have you... Do you have time today to talk about our masters and creators? Yes, I specifically made time in my day to do that. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, yeah. invite me in, and this will take a while. Yeah. I, I have I know some I, uncomfortable conversation. Sure we could. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about that with our movie that I watched today. Oh. <laughs> moments and, you know, relating to creators and our creators. Uh, yeah, it is, that's what our episode is about. You know, the people that make the things we like. Uh, despite me not really liking myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I... I yeah. You're not your own creator, I guess. Well, I don't know. Who are we but the creators of our own selves? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> and, I, and I guess... Like, yeah, I, I mentioned this to you. I'm going to grill you about your... You know, mem- various memories you have with your parents and whatnot. Having good or bad, just with, you know, various media or words, so to speak. You know, movies, video games, etc. Yeah, my uh, my relationship with my parents and media, I guess, or my creators. Yeah, just like uh, you know, if you have like a memory, like maybe your dad showed you like a movie you liked, or you know, maybe you played video games with your mom for a second before she got bored and walked away. <laughs> um. Well, my like uh, I was gonna talk about you mentioned another podcast, which sums it up perfectly i was raised by tv a lot um watch so tv was my babysitter a lot my mom really raised us we kind of grew up in the they refer to it as the disney renaissance uh when like all the classic like beauty and the beast aladdin little mermaid that period of disney animated movies was coming out uh, my mom was like super got us into that so it's kind of raised around that um, my mom would cry at every Disney movie. I think that really affects me now. <laughs> I like I get an emotional response from like a lot of movies. I think uh, that's her influence on me. And my dad, uh, you mentioned video games, like playing a second with them. I used to play Sonic with my dad a lot <laughs> and Twitch uh, shows. I guess uh, got Sonic tattoos. Um, but my dad was, he didn't like to play video games because he was very, he said they were too addicting, which I can, I see where that influences me too. So, yeah, he, uh, he was super into Vector Man. Did you ever play Vector Man for sure, the Sega Genesis? Vector Man, yeah. I had Vector Man 2, and he was, that was, he would like grind on that for, the, I mean, it was the Sega, so you had to sit down and play it. Like, <laughs> you had to start to finish pretty much. So I remember days doing that with him. I remember you uh, were mentioning your dad showed you a lot of inappropriate for your age, like war films and stuff. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I was thinking about that. I'm like, I, I think I said he showed me like Deer Hunter really early on. I'm like, I think that happened, but I don't think it's as young as I remember. Like a lot of that area is like very kind of loose with being like... I definitely saw it with him, but I'm like, it probably was like 14. It probably wasn't like. Eight. Oh yeah, that's yeah. But I'm sure like there was probably some movie like I saw at some 
point that was like I should not have seen or you know something like that like I remember I got into scary movies for a while like really into them and I asked my mom like you know what should we see and she's like oh I remember one that was really scary and at the time and like I remember she figured it out and it was the last house on the left oh jeez like the original one and I'm like thank I know that what that movie is now and I'm like thank god I didn't see that movie. Okay, she didn't, you didn't sit down and watch no. this movie where someone gets, like, brutally raped? Yeah. Good. That's that's a not a fun mother-son experience. No, I was like, thank God I didn't see that movie with her. She didn't remember anything about it. She's like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> it's movie scary. is scary. It is terrifying, yes. A terrifying social experiment to watch it with your parents. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Video games, I, my dad was a mechanic, so he kind of, and he was into war film, war films and whatnot, so anytime I'd get, like, a Call of Duty, he'd kind of be interested in watching me play. Oh, really? Or if I had a racing game, he might be into watching me play that. Would he give, like, running commentary on your, like, Call of Duty? <laughs> uh, not really, he kind of like well actually a little bit uh call of duty he'd be like all right get to that trench like he wasn't in he wasn't in the war he was born like at the very end of world war ii i think i mentioned but he uh, went like give out like random blurts of historical factoids during it maybe uh he was super into like the history channel he was old. yeah yeah but i don't know i do have a memory of playing uh both of my parents happened to see me playing GTA San Andreas, and we all kind of, like, took turns playing it for a while. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. And, like, we... I, like, got out of... I ran into a car, and they were like, what are you doing? Why don't you drive straight? And I'm like, well, that's part of it. It's hard. And we tried to get them to play. It was nice. Were they just, like, driving around having a nice, like, leisurely Sunday drive, or <laughs> were they out murdering? Uh, they didn't really play that long, and they didn't know the control, so they are trying to drive the car straight, and they just, like, couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, family bonding. Yeah, do you have any... <laughs> not to bring up anything, but do you have anything, like, seeing bad movies like that, in that experience, where you're like, I shouldn't have seen that? Um... I think Sorry. nothing really nothing the only thing that really stands out was like the first time like I saw boobs on the screen with my parents pretty much I think it was uh in the abyss and it was just on TV but it was like on digital cable or something so I don't think my dad was expecting like some girl to just get like have the defibrillator on her like bare boobs and <laughs> nothing was said but there was just a lot of eyes forward don't look at each other I think we that happened in um, I saw that movie Stripes I don't know if you've ever seen it no there's like just part of the film is just like a few minutes of women showering so oh like yeah you get like a maybe a second of like fairly like you get a little bit of downstairs too it's, like, <laughs> it's pretty awkward to see with your dad <laughs> yeah yeah it is <sighs> yeah I don't know I, I think I mentioned like they were way more protective about sex than violence. Yeah, my parents were both. <laughs> she yeah. led me from everything. Sheltered Catholic child. Yeah. Yeah, I, my dad was Catholic also, and I, I think he resented it a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I, I get... might skip a generation. I think maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, let's get into it. Do you have a movie or a uh, movie director, etc.? Uh yeah, I kind of I have both because I I was kind of looking at both ways to tackle it. Um, because I've probably talked about I don't know if I talked about a lot of Christopher Nolan movies on here. I think I talked about Inception a few times. Cause that's I I just uh, I think he's part in the term, but he's an auteur. <laughs> or at least that's how he sees himself. That's <laughs> but uh, I I mean um. I, I haven't seen everything, but what I've... I mean, Batman trilogy's great. Uh, that one with Hugh Jackman and David Bowie's Nikola Tesla, the magic one. Uh, the Prestige. Prestige. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the first Christopher Nolan movies I saw. Bale's on um, that, too. Yeah, exactly. I love I love the prestige of the movie. The, yeah, the reveal or whatever the hell there's is. Uh, what else does he do? <laughs> Oh, I did hate that movie, um, Interstellar, though. That movie I hated. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Probably not. Uh, no. Matthew McConaughey, three hours long, about Anne Hathaway, space travel. Is that the one that's kind of got, like, a magic realism, like there's a bookshelf or something like that? Yes, yeah. Kate told me about that a while back, and I was like, what the hell is this movie you're telling me about? Yeah, that's what, uh, I kind of felt throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I, and the, uh, I, it had like all the ingredients for things I love, like space exploration and like weird time distillation and time loops, you know, and Christopher Nolan and just like crazy visuals out in space, cosmic cinematography, cosmetography. Um, and but it it uh, but it, I guess it had Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> just, just, like, You're not a fan. Very much. Um. I kind I uh, I love to hate him. I think I liked uh, True Detective a lot. Um, I think he, some of his stuff's all right, and some of the stuff I hate. Fair. Controversial to me. Oh yeah, Christopher Nolan. Um, and then I also had <laughs> I was thinking of a movie and like uh, I just thought of The Matrix because of our machine overlords and how this is all a simulation. Do you like that whole trilogy, or is it hit or miss with each of them? Oh, it's, I only like the first one. It's yeah. not even hit or miss. <laughs> I only like the first one. I own all of them, but it was yeah. the hype at the time. So, could you, if you were able to, could you tell me the plot of that trilogy? The entire trilogy? Uh... Three. What happens in three? Oh, in three? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, not really. I, everyone dies at the end of three, pretty much. Not at the same time. Pretty sure just every major character dies. Although they're going to reboot it, I guess. With uh, Keanu. Again. I don't he know if they're died. rebooting it. Or it's just, yeah. But it's the Matrix, man. Just upload your brain. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but Trinity dies. Uh, yeah, I guess sure. the survivors that are being assaulted get survive or whatever do they yeah i don't remember three at all i remember mech fights they have to resolve whatever happens in two which is i don't know i know agent smith is like undercover but yeah i don't remember much of three i remember more of two and like how two tried to be really philosophical at the end where uh, neo meets the the architect uh, the tv room or whatever 
and it's just it's supposed to be like high and philosophical and he's like the creator and oh yes he, i your destiny is mapped out and you only have two paths and blah 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 and it's just like all this false philosophical bs i think just a lot of fancy words and not really a lot said uh, i've heard a fan theory that smith is the good guy is that is that right <laughs> I might have heard that before, too. Um, or maybe I'm having deja vu, and this is a glitch in the Matrix. Maybe, maybe they don't want us to know, and that's why. Um, but what do you know, like, the specifics of I it? I can't remember. I, I saw, like, it on a BuzzFeed, and I didn't <laughs> click on it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be an interesting theory. He's just the, the McAfee virus <laughs> scan or whatever. Yeah. That's all he is. He's just virus protection software for the yeah, Matrix. He's Norton. Yeah, he's just doing his job. Oh, uh, did you like the other magic film that came out around that time? Is the Prestige uh, the Illusionist? Yes, I did. I was a big yeah. Edward Norton fan at the time. He was in so much in like a very short amount of time. It feels like was he yeah. in like a ton of stuff, like Twenty Fifth Hour and yeah, and he did like Fight Club and. Um, there's something else early 2000s but yeah like early late 90s to mid 2000s i think was his, his sweet spot the italian job was in there too keeping yeah. the faith yeah <laughs> comedy oh yeah yeah i remember that oh, yeah what did you have for a movie uh i my creator was mel brooks who i yeah i saw it you know, probably a movie that I saw young. Uh, specifically, I saw um, Blazing Saddles. Have you ever seen it? No. How dare you? Hell. <laughs> uh, but you're, are you aware of it? Yes, yes. Yeah, the, a lot of, uh, it's, you know, all of his films are satire, or kind of homage yeah. to classic films. And the pastiche, like Young Frankenstein is essentially, you know, the homage to those old monster films. And it's got... Madeline Kahn's in, like, all those films. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. Something, I saw those movies young, and I don't know, I think that they probably had an impact on, you know, how I view comedy and whatnot. And, you know, same with, like, all the kind of Carrie L. L's, L's films, yeah. like Princess Bride and Robin Hood, Ben and Tights and whatnot. Who, I, did you see that they're potentially going to reboot that? Princess Bride. Uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there's always it's. I don't know if that how serious that was, uh, but yeah, there's always rumor mills of something getting rebooted, but yeah. they don't all take off. But yeah, no one was very on board with it. It sounded like. Yeah, he uh, he had a pretty good tweet about it that he kind of quoted his line. I liked it. Really? Yeah, he yeah. quoted one of his lines from Princess Bride. It was like there are a shortage of perfect films made in this world. I don't know why you change this one or something like that. And he's, nice. at the film, it's like, he's talking about her breasts, I think. <laughs> no, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen any of his films? They're all uh, Mel Brooks? Uh, yeah. Uh, Spaceballs. Oh, sure. I have seen Young Frankenstein. High Anxiety. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, History of the World Part 1. Nope. Hmm. I think some of his older films are not as good. Like, I think he did a Leslie Nielsen 
film that was like Leslie Nielsen and Dracula. No, <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. No. But yeah, I am a big fan of the one, those two I have seen, so I probably should catch Blazing Saddles. It's yeah. referenced a lot. Uh, what do you have for a TV creator? Uh, I have someone who has influenced a lot of our 90s, just 90s humor and pop culture. Uh, Matt Groening, of course, yeah. of The Simpsons. Futurama, and currently Disenchantment. Um, I pretty much watched, I've seen all of them. I haven't seen, like, every Simpsons episode, but, you know, I watched it for a long time in middle school, which, I mean, does anyone go through a period in their life without watching The Simpsons? At least for a while. Yeah, I mean, there are 30 years of it. I'm like, it's, you know, you got to miss some of it at some point, I think. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, Futurama, I'm more of a Futurama fan than The Simpsons. I've, I watched a lot of it. I don't, uh, the later seasons where they kept canceling it and moving networks, I didn't see, like, the tail end of it. But, like, the original four seasons from Fox I've owned and then I've seen for a while. I think it was on Comedy Central. And I, they had, like, the movies, I've seen those. And, uh, I think, I don't know, Futurama tackled, like, a lot of cool existential stuff and questions, and they did, like, have, there was, did you watch a lot of Futurama at all? Yeah, I'm guessing you're referencing Prehistoric Bark, specifically, one of the top. No, um, I'm actually thinking about there's one where Bender is, like, floating through space, and he starts growing a civilization on his ass, I believe. Hmm. And as he's throating, floating through space, he like comes across some celestial black hole or some sort of celestial body, and it, it's God essentially. It's the creation. It's where the Big Bang started, and it's like the creator, quote unquote, of the universe. And they, it just speaks in binary. But Bender's like, I speak binary, and he talks. It doesn't know what it is really. It's just like I just know I made all this, and it was like an accident or whatever. But it's a good dialogue because Bender's also the creator of the civilization the ass civilization is that the one where he has to get a mirror and read binary off of his ass at some point I remember that being a thing maybe like he has to go zero zero one zero zero one like that yeah I think that's it I, I should look up the name of the episode but I'll put it in yeah the other one I really liked was about um Hermes creating Bender and, you know, him being a former robot creator. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good one. Yeah, and yeah. Bender being, uh, like, made incorrectly, but I'm sparing him anyway. Yeah. Have you, um, have you seen Disenchantment at all? The Netflix show? No, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, I'm... New season just came out and making a way through it, but I like it. It's more, I think it's more Futurama vibes than Simpsons vibes. I mean, it's not all great, but it's still pretty funny. It's, there's only so many episodes right now, so it's easy to keep caught up on. Uh, do you have, uh, have you ever used the FXX app where they no, Simpsons where they've got, yeah, yeah, they have like every Simpsons episode. 
like 500 whatever yeah i've got it because you can if you have cable you can just get it and have right. put it on like a phone or whatever but it still plays commercials so it's going to oh geez. yeah yeah i hate that i hate paying for subscriptions and then getting commercials i guess that's what cable is uh but yeah, that's, I don't know if how long that'll be. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, that might be gone because I know like Disney Plus is going to have all the Simpsons episodes. So I wonder if they'll take it off everything else. Possibly. I know that like with Netflix, that they're constantly fluctuating what they have. Like they're going to take off Friends or they're going to take off one thing and put on the other. Like take off Friends and put on Seinfeld, I think I heard. Yeah, they got a contract with Seinfeld. Yeah. I think the office is going off, too. Gotta get that and squeeze that in one more time. Because yeah. every channel is getting their own streaming service now. It's kind of... That's annoying, honestly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it's going. Oh, man. What can you do? Uh, yeah, do you have a specific TV creator? Yeah, I... Believe it or not, I picked an anime creator. That's <laughs> oh, a shock. Uh, Hideki Hata, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, the president of KyoAni or Kyoto Animation, which was recently attacked by an arsonist. Yeah, that was yeah. just really terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, and it's, man, I don't know what to say about that because I'm like, some of those people will have been working on something. And that will like be have been their last work. And there will be people mm-hmm. that will basically have been working on something that will never get made now. And I, it, you know, with everything related to kind of someone's death, it's just like it's fucking terrible. Like I, I don't really know what to say about it. Um, like fuck that person. I don't know. What oh yeah. Like obviously, but it, he seemed he wasn't an employee. He seemed to think that somebody had stolen something from him, and. I guess they believe that this was a quicker solution than, you know, some legal action, which, you know, maybe they wouldn't have been, you know, solved that issue, but I don't know. It just seems like such an extreme thing to take multiple lives over what right. your work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've made so much. I actually uh, recently rewatched uh, one of their things, not really thinking about it. Uh, called Hyoka, which I may have you watch at some point. Uh, very kind of low-key. It's a uh, high school anime um, involving the kind of workings of a classic literature club, but they kind of go around solving kind of low-key mysteries. Oh, like Scooby-Doo? <laughs> but they're kind of more like... Uh, ju- they're not really that intense like one has to do with a uh kind of like a battle between the not like a physical battle but a kind of uh, a student being expelled among an incident that happened you know earlier that had to do with one of the other uh people in the group i don't know it's it's very low-key but it's interesting enough where i like it and the animation is well done so no murders um no okay it is uh, maybe it is like scooby-doo because there's no real murders in scooby-doo either it's just like oh it's a 
pretend ghost of this fake thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably more like that. Like, they do have a thing where they see a hanging body, and they're trying to figure out what it is from, like, a window. Oh, like in that scene, The Wizard of Oz. Was it just a bird? Yeah. It's more like, <laughs> I, I think that they see, like, a coat, like, with, like, a hat on it or something <laughs> like, like that. Oh, it's a but that makes sense. It's from like a room that you know nobody's allowed in or something like that. Something really suspicious about it. Uh, they also did Clonad, which is kind of a shoujo series about uh, a delinquent kind of finding his place in life after the death of his mother and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's it, they just make a lot of great shows, and you know I'm I'm glad that they've that are going to continue going and I hope that they can kind of recover from this you know with you know without becoming bitter or anything somewhere about it alright I don't know yeah. that's, not to bring that's everyone down nice. no yeah I mean yeah. yeah it deserves to be like acknowledged um but yeah I the, I've never um I guess I don't oh I I guess Studio Ghibli that's the only like anime studio i know and like specific creator i don't really link them together ever but yeah same i'm not really good at like following kind of uh, production you know studios but obviously this one's been in the news and um, i know of them but i don't really follow them as far as studios personally. nice yeah do you have a musician yes Oh, wait. Why don't you go? Because i got to make sure I'm pronouncing this right um, before I... Um, yeah. Or just give me a sec here. Alright, I'll, I'll do mine. Or I'll, yeah. Maybe I'll sing it and see, see if you recognize it, which hopefully you do. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Uh, yeah, that's the, um, the Rolling Stones, right? No! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's the Beatles. Yeah. Yes. I, I, for a second, I was like, I have to come to Maine and kick you in the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew. I wanted to make everyone. Yeah. 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 I, I You're a big Beatles fan? I never knew that. Paul McCartney, because. What's okay. That? I just, right. uh, I didn't know you were a Beatles fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I like them, and, you know, I, same with, uh, you know, all the old movies. When I was. With my parents, they, were, you know, driving in the car when I was a kid, they'd play old music like they'd play oldies 100.9. That's mainly what we listened to in the car. Yeah. So I love all that old music, which you know, it is still a station, but it's like, it's like classic rock now. It's not oldies anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's not even classic rock anymore. No. There's no. 90s in it now. A lot's uh, changed since you left. Did you have that experience where, like, you're, you know, you're kind of attached to old music that you really shouldn't be? Um, I'm thinking I'm going through that right now. I, uh, my artist will reflect that. Um, but I'm listening to, like, a lot of 80s music right now, like, uh, Huey Lewis and, um, uh, well, I'll just say what mine is. I have, uh, Rico Kasich since he passed away. Sure, the cards. So I've been, yeah, listening to a lot of the cars, and he did, um, I never really thought about it, but, uh, 
realized it he produced a lot of like 90s music like uh he did he was a producer for weezer i think on the blue album specifically and just like it makes all the sense in the world that and uh, that was a hugely influential uh album for my youth and uh yeah, I, when he passed away, it made me sad, and I started, like, playing a lot of Rick Ocasek, like, Best of Rick Ocasek, I, reali I didn't realize, like, how much, like, I listened to him just in passing, just, like, working retail, all the cars was always on, and stuff like that, and, and it just really fronted New Wave, and I've been getting into a lot of that recently. Yeah, I think you mentioned uh, Bowie in one of our other yeah. kind of things, yeah. New Wave. Do you have a favorite New Wave kind of band or is it the cars um it would either be bowie or the cars probably i guess right. if you would call weezer new wave some of uh, one of their albums is i guess some out there it's all so different now but yeah sure uh now with mine i i think i heard because we i we both listened to how did this get made they kind of reference it in old move and like 90s movies where they're like why are all the kids listening to like 50s songs i'm like well that's what i did why wouldn't they like, you know like when i was in the 90s because my parents would listen to you know like benny king and like motown yeah and elvis and the beatles and all that stuff i'm like well that's what i listened to and i grew up liking that stuff so it, you know i'm now attached to it and i didn't realize i wrote down specifically paul mccartney because i guess he wrote most of the songs from what i understand I don't know. I supposedly George Harrison is the best Beatle. I don't know. Yeah, at least like for instrument technical wise, I think that's pretty. George Harrison definitely is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's a style, just oldies. I'm just attached to all those kind of things, and you know that's another kind of thing—the British invasion that kind yeah. of brought so much music to this country. Oh yeah, yeah. I. uh my parents always listened to my creators always listened to a lot of like they listened to a lot of current music so i didn't grow up with a lot of appreciation for classic rock until like i got into college and i no longer referred to it as old people music and started like enjoying it i got into a, like a beatles groove or whatever you want to call it in my early 20s too did any of I, this is probably too late for that but did any of it come from like i love the 80s like that kind of stuff um no okay. <laughs> i think i think uh part of some of it around that time um when school of rock came out i was like into led zeppelin i was like yeah jack black likes this music <laughs> me too <laughs> but, yeah um yeah i never i love the 80s uh no, it may. I think it helped me call it old people music and make fun of it <laughs> some more, like as a the butt of a joke, pretty much. Yeah, it's like you know they get D listers in there to talk about like, oh, here's Pong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved when I loved the '90s came out because I was like, I know these things. Yeah, how late did they go? Did they do the 2000s also? They did end up doing them. That was like a few years ago. Yeah. It wasn't as good. I watched them all. Yeah. But yeah. And they did one called like, I think even before the 2000s, like the first decade of the 2000s was up, they tried to do one called like, I love the new millennium, but they were just referring to things that happened like two years ago. So it was like, yeah. 
And they already, like, remember VH1 had that show Best Week Ever? Sure. So, like, those same comedians and TV personalities were already on that show referring to those things at one point. So it's just... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Michael Ian Black and stuff like that. Yeah. Hal Sparks, Doug Benson. Yeah. Yeah, that's really the only way I knew Hal Sparks. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Spider-Man 2. I was like, that's Hal Sparks. He's from I Love the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. I saw him do stand-up pages go on a premium blend also. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Seems worse. like a nice guy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you... I don't know. Do you like anything in that British invasion kind of stuff? I, I don't know if... I know you just said the Beatles, but I'm trying to, like... I'm drawing a blank as far as, like, other bands... Uh, well, there's the Rolling Stones, like I said before. They're, like, pretty in contact, uh, in competition with them. Um, what's that punk band? Clash? Anar- what? Clash? Ash? No. Yeah. The, the one, Anarchy in the UK, uh, the Sex Pistols. Uh, Was that later, though? Was that the punk rock movement of the 80s? Yeah, I think it's kind of in between. I think that's more 70s-ish. Maybe I don't know. That some of those time periods are like the years I'm way off on. It's just kind of relation to uh, this band sounds like this band. The Who they were British Invasion, right? Yeah. Really? Do you like that yeah. though? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I was a big Who fan. That was one of the. That was probably one of the old, first like I would listen to them in middle school and be like, yeah, this is the only old people music, as I referred to it back then, that I like. I was listening to super mainstream like Beatles and Elvis and stuff like that back then. <laughs> it wasn't mainstream back then, I guess. Yeah, like, not well, for our age. Yeah, it was, you know, mainstream at the, at their time. Like, I was listening to Bob yeah. Dylan, and that's probably how I got into the Wallflowers, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you have a book? Well, Jeff, as I referenced before, the only book that could be really tied to our creator is the bible <laughs> i can't even finish the sentence uh, have you ever i am kind of curious if you've ever read it or read no it. no um uh, i had I, I read parts of it yeah because i had to, i like went to sunday school for 15 years probably all the way through high school but um i never read it front to cover i know i've known people who have but uh not something i'm into anymore um i will read actually talk about uh have you heard of the we are legion we are bob series no oh man also like interstellar has some of my favorite things putting your brain into a computer and space exploration and uh it's by oh i i have the author right here his name is dennis E. Taylor, that's right, Dennis E. Taylor is his name. <laughs> um, you have to say it like that. Uh, but it is a, it's a book about, I, it's an audiobook, <laughs> um, about a guy who pretty much signs his life away to be like, hey, when I die, you can put my brain in a computer and let me live forever. And uh, 
he ends up doing that and he wakes up like I don't remember it's hundreds of years later but uh, essentially like he's now property of the US government when he wakes up or his brain wakes up and he's like reactivated to act as a exploratory spaceship and go out into space and try to find uh, a habitable planet essentially for like the war the earth has gone to hell and it's like three major countries now just fighting each other and they're all in a space race pretty much so it's about him and he goes out and he's like equipped his spaceship that he is he is the spaceship now essentially is equipped with like 3d printers so he prints more versions of himself and he copies himself like his like uh hard drive or whatever i don't know it's so existential he copies his brain onto like new hard drives and stuff and he multiplies himself but they're all a little different so and he finds like life out there and it's 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 i've only listened to the first book but it's i mean it's got some interesting philosophical stuff to it huh. it's a good series it's got a lot of simpsons references too <laughs> but it's interesting how like the copies of him all behave differently and just kind of gets into the weird existentialist stuff. Have you ever looked up anything like about the singularity? No. You know what that is, though, right? It's it's essentially that idea of kind of uh, imprinting your mind onto you know a, a, you know software or hardware. Yeah. Onto that kind of data, binary data, I guess. Yeah, I I would love I should look that up because I, I like that a lot. <laughs> I love the concept of it. Uh, on your brain and computer yeah i think people said it was like probably going to be a thing by like not that long from now like i think i heard like 2025 or something i don't know how realistic that is because you know uh you know people reference like oh we're gonna have like flying scooters by you know whatever yeah well you know technology like moves at an exponential curve and just goes boom 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 yeah, they can already, like, they can do something with cockroaches, like, mapping their brain to chips or something. I don't know the specifics of it, but they experiment on cockroaches with something like that. I mean, even the idea of 3D printing is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Man, my kid's school is equipped with 3D printers now. Oh, <laughs> it's God. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Now they can turn themselves into spaceships by in five years, probably. How did you find this thing? Is that you're just looking for that kind of thing, or? Um, it's a pretty popular audiobook. Um, and it's got uh, it's a series, and it's pretty popular on Audible. I've known a few people have listened to it. Huh. Uh, yeah. So I don't know like if it's still friend. ongoing, but yeah. I'm definitely interested in what, how the series rounds out. It's also got my like favorite escaping post-apocalyptic Earth stuff. <laughs> and yeah, just put me in a computer and blast me out into space. <laughs> That's kind of interesting because I know you're interested in the Rapture stuff, so I think staying would also be kind of interesting, don't you think? Oh man, yeah. Any, I mean, either challenge. <laughs> They both have their own challenges. Do I want to be 
<laughs> hanging around and killing people I hate or running away from them. If I'm I, either way, if I'm away from them, <laughs> that's all. It's all good. Uh, my creator <laughs> is a co-creator named Gary Gygax. Oh yeah, I was just listening. I just you can go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was one of the co-creators of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the other guy. <laughs> I know. That. Uh, I just listened to a whole podcast about the history of it, like yesterday. Yeah, the, I can't remember it either. <laughs> the uh, uh, what is it? Wizards of the Coast? Is that the related kind of thing, or is that a different thing? They own it now. Okay. That so the Gary Guy X is dead now. Right. Rest in peace. And so did the other creator. Just died a couple. And the, they died within the last decade, I think. But um. The company was going pretty bankrupt in the late 90s, and they sold it off to Wizards of the Coast to own Magic the Gathering as well. I think they also own the Pokemon card game, possibly. Probably, I wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. they probably have like the trading card game dominated. Yeah, but yeah, the, uh, the one of the creators of Dungeons & Dragons, which has kind of inspired this whole generation of, you know, what is... A massive amount of tabletop games and RPGs and whatnot yeah. related realms of uh, fantasy and whatnot along with you know other people obviously have done it you know uh, R.A. Salvatore and uh, J.R.R. Tolkien but he's kind of I think one of the earliest ones to gamify it maybe I'm sure there are probably some other examples of it where you know it's a community storytelling event where you're kind of going between people to tell the story and also have fun yeah do you know how he got the idea or how it like all kind of started i don't would you like to tell me yeah he um there used to be a game called like war games and it was essentially a tabletop game where you would reenact like actual historical battles and you just use six-sided die though and gary he loved playing it with his friends but he wanted something that was more improvisational and like he found that with like only two six-sided die there was only so many combinations you can make like eight would come up this many times but you could only make a 12 like one way or whatever so he this 20-sided die was already invented he didn't invent that but he kind of uh he was the first person to really use it and i don't i don't publicize isn't the great word for it but like really market it i guess sure, made it popular. yeah and yeah so him and the i we I should look up the other guy's name uh the other co-creator's name but he also liked to play war games and like as gary was developing this new game um he kind of got idolized in the there was like board tabletop gaming conventions back then too and he was kind of idolized and kind of gary gygax was kind of a celebrity for dave Arneson. developing yeah there you go yes yes good job um and yeah dave Arneson kind of idolized him and then they ended up kind of like going back and forth and developing dungeons and dragons together gary was really a stickler for like making rules for everything and uh rob was kind of the creative guy and they, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, adding, like, fantasy stuff. There's been five editions or whatever at this point. If you ever... I know we were both into it. Did you purchase all those books and 
It's like no, I've never owned the like actual set myself. It's like buying like, textbooks. It's like oh like, yeah, the new ones are like you know they're expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like yeah, five hardcover books you have to get. Yeah. <laughs> like, Monster manual, dungeon master guide, player's guide. Yeah, player's guide. The there's yeah, and then there's all the expansions now, and then yeah, it, I mean yeah, it was a huge influence on like even video game RPGs like are based off Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. they've had that other spinoff. Of, I think it's uh, oh God, I can't remember it now that I brought that up. Uh, there's a specific group, one that it's not Forgotten Realms. It's I want to say Planescape, but I don't think that's it. Planeswalker? Mm. That sounds right. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But yeah, it was, yeah, Gary made it popular, and he also, <laughs> have you heard of Bad? B-A-D-D? Mm. Bothered about Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's people that have to listen to people that like it, something like that. <laughs> No, it's uh, it was like a coalition made up by like, uh, really religious people and mothers, and because it was said to be drive people to like I don't know violence and you're role playing. Oh, it's uh, it was satanic and it was driving people to do drugs and suicide. Yeah, huge in the eighties. If you ever watch Stranger Things, there's a, like they talk about it too. Do you remember that documentary uh, a while back, Jesus Camp? Uh, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it was like, I remember a trailer to it, and they are like, Harry Potter is the devil! And I would just, like, uh, I was yeah. like, oh, these fucking people, like, do anything else with your time. Like, I get that you can, that your faith is really important, but I'm like, is this really that yeah, it's like the people who do these things are the furthest people from that. They're just a bunch of nerds. They yeah. just want to enjoy themselves yeah. and not hurt anyone. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah it, it's such a weird thing. I have a uh, maybe I should say this, but fuck it. I have a cousin who's <laughs> super religious who wouldn't let her kids read Harry Potter for a long time. Yeah, yeah. They have sense all read fiction. It, like, gives a shit. It's a <laughs> yeah, it's not real. It's not it's real. Like, like, and when you, yeah, when you take, when you like forbid it from people, you you make it real by like doing something like that. You add power to what you're trying to, whatever, to keep away. That's. But yeah. Should we move on to video game then? Yes. What do you have? Um. I kind of went both directions with this one. I uh, just as being the creator, I just wrote down Minecraft because you can just build your own world and you are the master of it. I, I don't play it a lot, but my kid's obsessed with it. <laughs> I've been trying to install that to my computer because I I owned it and I can't find <laughs> it. Like it won't let me download the. I I bought it in like 2012 and I haven't played it in years. Yeah, I, like it won't let me play the full version. They don't have like the original files on like in contact oh, with the company. It's such a pain in the ass. I'm like, just let me play this dumb game, man. <laughs> I just want to chill out and build a hutch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you can make anything in it. Um, and then uh, for like an actual creator, Shigeru. 
God. Shigeru Miyamoto. The mind behind many Nintendo classics. Donkey Kong, Zelda, I think Mario. Just like, yeah. That's very interesting, Dylan, because I also had Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> did you? I did, yeah. I was like, well, of course, he made so much stuff that is right, so yeah. important. Uh, the other one I I'll throw out an honorable mention to is uh, Akira Toriyama, who um, made like Dragon Quest stuff and uh, oh, Dragon cool. Ball Z and all that stuff. The show or the movie uh, or the, the game? Uh, the, I mean, he made the series. <laughs> oh wait, so okay, he made both. Cool. He does both. Yeah. That's neat. That's cool. Yeah, he's a huge creator, and I I thought he had some kind of connection to Zelda also, which maybe he did. He might have made some kind of plain, you know, uh, character designs or whatever, but if you look at Dragon Quest and then look at Dragon Ball Z, like, all the characters kind of have that spiky mm, hair design. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the face shape is also the same. Yeah, I've been interested. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven just came out for Switch, and I I want a game I can sink a lot of hours into. I just I never played a Dragon Quest. Oh, you, Have you played Dragon Quest? I actually just beat Dragon Quest Eleven. Really? I <laughs> How many hours did it take? Um, I didn't do all the post-game stuff. Uh, I don't know exactly. It probably it took you know it took a few weeks for me to kind of go through all of it and do all the grinding and stuff. And there's way more to it. I think there's like maybe forty more hours to the post-game wow, if, if you do yeah. everything. But I was just like, no, I'll just beat the main game, and then, like, there's more to it, because there's, like, a, another plot element kind of mixed into it, where you kind of do some more stuff that I'll keep under my hat, in case you play it. Is that, um, 2D on that one, I saw? You can switch between, yeah, the new rendered, like, 3D and a 2D layout. It's kind of cool. They didn't have that for the yeah. Yeah, this is, it's like the definitive edition or whatever. Everything's a new edition. But, uh, Pathfinder. Yeah. That was killing me. Yeah. I I want like a, a long RPG that can just sink a lot of hours into. You should also check out Dragon Quest Builders. Because that's Minecraft and Dragon Quest. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, and yeah, obviously Shigeru, Zelda, Mario, it's like two massive things that have kind of endured for so long, and they're so part of our culture, and you know, our childhoods, and now, because we still love them. Oh yeah, 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 I'm still, those are still my favorites. Do you do Metroid too? I don't, I uh, think he had, he has connections to a bunch of games, like didn't he also do Kirby or something like that? He also made like the Kirby games, maybe? Yeah, I think the guy who does uh, Smash does the Kirby games. I can't remember his name. Saitama? No, Saitama's One Punch Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Start- but yeah, I mean, they for a while, I mean, back in the 80s, they were all a big melting pot working together, I believe, anyway. Star Fox F-Zero. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And Donkey Kong, which I guess is Mario-related. Right, yeah. I mean, if you're in original N64 Smash Brothers, you got like a uh, eight out of twelve chance of picking a, a Miyamoto character. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh yeah, I was. Um, 
I was listening to another podcast, not to do this, but you, you're, I know you're a big fan of Link's Awakening. Yes, uh, yeah, that was my first Zelda game. Did you ever play Super Mario RPG? A little bit, only recently when I got like the mini SNES. Uh, I, I was listening to this other podcast called Square Roots, where they kind of go through... <laughs> Like classic that's on games. my going to listen to list. Uh, I just it's oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Should I, it, I try it? Bit? But it, I don't love it. Like I, I don't know, parts of it are kind of like oh yeah, but like like they're not mm-hmm. they're just people, you know? They're not professionals. It's the banter isn't interesting, and I don't love all the people on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aren't we all just people though? Yeah, well, they're not. You know, they're not actors or people that you know. <laughs> other stuff they're just like our podcast like nobody listens to it <laughs> no you all listen to it what's so huge yeah. thank you all yeah it's kind of like dedicated listeners we love you yeah uh, we do but i'm like you know we get like seven encounters on our <laughs> facebook thing or whatever oh they're going up they're going up yeah but yeah it, it's all right and uh they bring up a fan theory uh well maybe i that in Super Mario RPG, you find Link in one, oh, yeah. in one of the beds. And in Link's Awakening, there are chain chops. So I think there's, yes, some, that's true. there's yeah. some connection there. Like he's dreaming. Like there's overlap of the place that he's in. I don't know. Yeah. That could be. Is scary. there? Yeah, because someone is sleeping in Link's Awakening. Um, but it's not Link. But he sleeps. He does sleep a lot in many games. He could be in uh the that new the new rhythm Cadence of Hyrule, the new Zelda game. Uh, he's he could be sleeping in there because he is sleeping. If you play Zelda, he's there. So who knows? He's always lazy. Yeah. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. He is such. Uh, if you watch that show. He's such a creepo in that show. He Link would be canceled today. He's very predatory. I've never actually watched it. I only know it because of that whole thing. Oh, I own it. I own all 13 episodes, and my son gave me another one, so I own I own it twice. Um, and we watched some of it, and I was like, oh my gosh, Link, back off, man. No means no, dude. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I think I was watching Score Roots, and they bring up the um, Sonic various Sonic series, and they talk about like Sonic Underground. Eh, I don't know. It's all right, but it's hit or miss. I think. Oh man, yeah. you you gotta when you watch Sonic Underground, you just gotta accept what it is and roll with it. <laughs> you can't. It, it's not. You cannot seriously criticize that show about an alien hedgehog. Oh, I, I meant that uh, that podcast, Square Roots. Like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I only really remember Sonic X. That one was pretty good. If you watch the Japanese, like the actual like subs of that, it, it there's like swearing and stuff in it. It's pretty. I guess I think it got pretty edited in the. When they brought it to Fox Kids, it's weird because there's like a kid in that show, right? There's like a human boy. Yeah, it's one of the, yeah. Sonic goes to the human world. Uh, the humans are the least interesting characters, as always. 
And then there's and then they go into like space in the third season. But, yeah. yeah, I remember that yellow balova or whatever that thing that Knuckles fights is. I don't even remember. Yeah, that. I remember they had some sort of friend who was like a plant lady or something. She was an alien. She had a big crystal spaceship. Tails always had some crazy ass like big military ship in this one too. It was always insane in Sonic X. Yeah. He had like a transformer, which he does in like the newer Sonic games, but not to that extent. <laughs> it was like a Gundam. Yeah, I think Tails was always like shown as like some type of mechanic, like Fox. Yeah, mechanic. yeah. I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. Uh I guess I'll jump into the... I didn't make a quiz. It was weak. I didn't think of it. Well, I didn't study, so that's okay. All right. Uh, I'm Jay Jeff. A, our segment where I watch movies chosen by you to attempt to... Yeah. Make me... I You know, I lost my love of movies over the years, and I've become jaded and terrible. Uh, <laughs> and this is Dylan's attempt to make me enjoy movies again. It's going fairly well. Uh, this one I've got kind of mixed feelings, mainly because of the content, and it kind of relates to our creator's podcast a little bit. Really? <laughs> well, well, yeah, here and there. If you think about the content of that movie. Yeah, yeah. I can see. Yeah. You're going to be a shoemaker until you die, or whatever <laughs> they say to their child. It's like, oh, yes. that sounds great, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Heartbreaking, but yes, you watched Coco this yeah. this time, right? Coco, the Mama Coco, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, a Pixar Disney film uh, about a young boy who has a specific lineage who, uh, on the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, goes into the afterlife. Um, yes, very good Spanish. It, is it? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if it's that is good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to spoil it, so if you haven't seen it after two years and you're still listening to this, maybe skip to the next thing. I don't know. Dylan's very good at putting in uh, time. Yeah, time codes. Time code, so feel free. Uh, and I just, I basically just write down what happened. I hit <laughs> it, which I do with all of these, and I kind of talk about them a little bit here and there. Uh, it gives you the backstory of the family, the absent father who's a, mus- a musician uh, who they believe to be Ernesto de la Cruz. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess he doesn't know this, but, you know, the family is like, oh, it's this... You know, there's some kind of uh, mix-up there with who who it is, I guess, between the main character, this young boy named Miguel uh, Rivera. And it's... Uh, kind of shows uh, their family lineage on this thing. I think it's an onafreda, where it's this thing where yeah, it's kind the of... Offering, yeah, the offering, yeah. Ofrenda, yes. Where it's this kind of, like, picture tree of all the family members that has a connection to them with the afterlife, which you can find out. Um, and they, you find out the father leaves to kind of follow his dream of becoming a musician, and music tears the family apart, and mother goes to work and she, she starts making shoes and shoes keep them together so they kind of start this long lineage of cobblers and that they don't want any music inside the house like, no one's allowed mm-hmm. to listen to music no one uh, is allowed to enjoy music all musicians are scum of the earth and terrible people 
It's like Footloose in there, yes. And Miguel, the kind of, I think, second youngest, because he's also a baby, is different from his family, because he loves music. He feels a real connection to it, and he feels a real connection to this famous singer named um, Ernesto de la Cruz, who I think he... What a cool name. Uh, And they kind of go over, they kind of have the first song to this movie, which is uh, Remember Me. Yes. Which I... Remember me, though you have to say goodbye. Uh, Yeah, that's probably good enough. Yes, it didn't tug as my heartstrings enough as much, but you, you're getting there. Yeah. Uh, did you cry when you saw this movie? Just curious. No, I did not. My, I know my sister did. Okay. <laughs> my sister as well, because I saw it with her. Because <laughs> I know you mentioned Disney movies, and these movies, I like a lot of the Disney movies. I think they're they they're made with the intent to make you kind of, you know, have a little, you know, tear or whatever, tear up. Yeah. What's the last, you know, movie like this you cried to? Ah, uh, like... <laughs> yes. Um, okay, actually, I have a pretty... <laughs> I have a pretty unconventional story that I could go on a tangent right now for a quick minute. Um, I saw this movie last weekend uh, called Good Boys. Have you heard of it? Yeah. It's like a rated R. It's, very, it's like a super bad with middle schoolers, essentially, uh... Seth Rogen, I think, produced. I don't think he wrote it, but it was pretty funny. Um, it's all about, like, just being a boy going through... Well, it's not all about it, but it's got a lot to do with boy going through puberty, like, <laughs> referencing sexual things that they have no idea what they're talking about. But um, it was also... Context for this, my son is gonna hate me in a few years if he ever listens to this but it's, this also was the day he started to get some body odor so yeah, I was like alright he's growing up and then this movie was all about boys growing up and they start like talking about how like I boys go through puberty at different times and they kind of split ways like from elementary school to middle school and I just got really worked up and emotional about it. I was like, oh, it's happening. It's going to start happening soon. That sucks when it happens. Blah, blah, blah. And I was just in, I was at the drive-in so I was just in my car alone crying <laughs> to a rated R comedy. Are there some kind of like earnest sweet moments to it that kind of made that happen or is it just like yeah, there's a uh, the at the end. There's kind of like this musical montage where it shows them like all going their separate ways and doing their like own thing in sixth grade, and that just like that hit me because uh, Stranger Things three also kind of deals with that a lot. And I I remember being the kid being like, oh, my friends are like a lot cooler than me now, and they're all like dating girls, and I, I don't want to do that yet. <laughs> just kind of like I, I just remember that a lot. Ooh, and Oh, uh, yeah, well, I think that was after, um, I think it was, uh, because yeah, we weren't, we were, uh, like, after-school care friends. It was more my friends, um, because we weren't in, like, the same wings in, like, actual school. It was my, so the kids I hung out with, like, in my classroom were all, like, getting the change, and I was just like, I don't want to deal with that yet. Getting <laughs> the change? Yeah, mean? getting the change. You know, going through the change. Oh, okay. 
because getting the getting change, the change yeah. is like that is rude. <laughs> yeah. I don't care for that. <laughs> God no. Disgusting. no yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Good Boys. <laughs> I know it's not a conventional movie to cry at, but uh, before that, yeah, you're probably correct. Toy Story Four yeah. was a. Uh, it was pretty emotional because that was also about friends parting ways for a part of it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Miguel, let's see. And I kind of wrote down. This is an ethnic movie, which I think that they usually handle pretty well. Like I, like they do it a little bit here and there in other movies. Like Mulan is another one that they kind of do it in, where the you know it's based on a lot of Chinese kind of tradition. Yeah, family honor, carry on the honor. Yeah, in, um, Princess and the Frog, I think that they kind of go for kind of uh, black stuff in uh, New Orleans kind of era-ish. Yeah, there's a little... I never saw it, yeah. so I don't really mm-hmm. know. But I know it's, it's their black princess, I believe, first one. Yeah, a lot of the characters are African-American. That, But yeah, she is kind of... She has to work a lot harder. She's a waitress, I think, and... Yeah. yeah, to achieve her, I think she wants to be an actress or a singer, something. And this is probably part of the jaded part of me coming out, where I'm like, is this stereotypical? Like, did they do this correctly? Like, it seemed like they did it like earnestly. There's no like, there's no like cholos or anybody like that coming around. Like, hey, ASA. Like, and I'm glad. Yeah. I know you don't expect that from a kids movie, but I'm like, I just, <laughs> when I see something like this, I'm like, oh god, what are they gonna do? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm very white, but I did, I took a lot of years of Spanish. I took almost, almost a decade of Spanish, and my son has Spanish heritage, um, and I, I do know quite a bit of Day of the Dead, and it seemed mostly like pretty on, like from what I could tell. I mean, not the whole like when they go to the land of the dead, but kind of the, the tradition and the, like what they portrayed in how they celebrate Day of the Dead, I think was pretty accurate from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and I I did not take Spanish, I took French, so I wrote translation, because sometimes I'd use uh, words that I'm just like, I don't understand yeah. know what that means. Like, because I watch a lot of stuff where sometimes I speak Spanish, I'm like, okay, context clues kind of give some stuff away, which I kind of like, where, you know, if you hear it enough and it's kind of, you know, in reference to a thing, you're like, okay, I can kind of figure out. Yeah. And they never fully say what an onafreda is, but you kind of figure it out, or, you know. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, yeah, did you know anything about Day of the Dead before that? Um, I mean, I, I know of it as a reference to kind of, like, an honoring of your ancestors, but that's about it. Yeah. I didn't really know yeah. the tradition connected to it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tradition, this family is trying to uh, push their kind of tradition that they've kind of made in their family onto Miguel, and he doesn't want it. Uh, and I wrote down a quote. I think it's when she, the grandmother finds him at the. At or no, I think. Yeah, she finds him at the you know, the little village area, and he's trying to talk to one of the musicians, and she thinks that he's kind of pushing it onto the kid instead of the kid kind of wanting it himself. And he goes, uh, he doesn't want your music. And I'm just like, this fucking lady. <laughs> I just got mad. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of where I was kind of like, oh, these people are pushing this thing on their kid, and their kid doesn't want it. I'm like, what the hell, man? I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I'm not sure what time period this is supposed to be set in. Yeah, it's just a very I, traditionalist yeah, I, view. Yeah, I have an issue with something I couldn't tell. But like, what is this based in as far as time? Because it's right. a poor village, it seems like. Right, yeah. Uh... They, you kind of see Miguel in his little shrine to music, and you see him kind of like in his, uh, watching the some movie or like an interview with Ernesto. And uh, I kind of jump forward. I think I was I was enjoying it, so I was like, uh, he kind of gets the guitar and he plays it, and he kind of connects to the afterlife after his kind of his grandmother's destroyed his guitar. In this horrible right. fashion, I'm like, oh god, lady. Uh, and then, like, oh yeah, they definitely kind of affirm the afterlife in this film. I'm like, right, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's interesting. Like, I know it's it's a kids' movie, so it's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Where the, the old like Hercules, it's like, oh, there's definitely. Yeah, heaven. I was just thinking about. Yeah, I was thinking about. I just thought about have they represented like heaven in another movie? And yeah, Hercules. Yeah, and this it's just kind of like general afterlife. It doesn't seem to be a binary like heaven and hell. Like it seems like there's right. people that can go and not go to you know the other side to see their family members. But they don't really say like if you're bad, you go here. If you're not, you go here. True. Yeah. It's just neutral. Yeah. When Hector pops up, I'm like, I think it maybe on. A few minutes in of him, his little character kind of popping up. I'm like, this is the father, isn't it? <laughs> you knew the twist yeah. right away? Yeah, yeah, so did yeah. I. And I kind of went back and forth on it. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, this is the father. Then I'm like, well, maybe he's not. Maybe maybe this is just, you know, maybe the kid's actually looking for his father. Uh, and I'm like, this is usually the type of character that either betrays the protagonist or, you know is a double agent where he kind of fake betrays him, you know, like he's actually a good guy, but he pretends like he's betraying him, which kind of happens later. You know, there's mm-hmm. kind of a specific, um, you know, connection to that archetype, I guess, or the, in these movies where there's like a friend and a fake friend. Uh, yeah. You find out they kind of go into the area of uh, forgotten people forgotten skeleton people yeah you find out Hector was a musician I think this is what I was when I was like yeah this is the father and then I was still like well maybe he's not going back and forth <laughs> on it and they kind of talk about the final death when that other guy I think his name they call him Cheech which I was like I wonder oh uh, yeah oh yeah 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 and he's like, hey, it's inevitable. What can you do? It's going to happen to all of us eventually. We're all forgotten. Which I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess that's kind of nice that, in a way. But I'm like, I just kind of think about that. I'm like, there are definitely people who aren't remembered. But I guess you have to know those people to remember them in this context. Because <laughs> I'm like, we all know who, like, Frida Kahlo is. But, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure she doesn't have any people who knew her still living. Yeah, but I think 
maybe that has to do with like traditional lineage and carrying on tradition maybe as that's why they do the off the the offering la ofrenda yeah uh they do the talent show and i was like I, I, the first thing i noticed is when they're kind of going through all the other people i don't think there are any other uh singers like the only singer is uh miguel yeah i think so, so yeah that was weird and they're all kind of doing this kind of like you know dog and pony show of like there's a guy who's like an emo guy who's got like a radio head like he's like walking around pressing buttons mm-hmm. so he's doing like dog barking like synchronized dog barking uh they do the second song poco loco yes which is uh, a little crazy yep. translation <laughs> Uh, which I liked. I, I think I liked all the songs in this. Like they're all kind of like nice little things, um, which I think is kind of like a staple of you know the Disney, you know, uh, Pixar films where they've kind of got this. Oh, it's uh, Hercules singing about I will often dream, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, they Disney went away from it for a while. Not a lot of musical numbers, but I think um, like. Frozen, they started diving back into them because Frozen was so well received and all the songs, kids were obsessed with them. Yeah, that is. Uh, I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, because I, I dropped off a Disney. I'm trying to think of what the last movie would have been. Like, I heard some Mulan. I don't know what came after Mulan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you like, can't you know, beat perfection. There's no point in seeing any Mulan, movie after Mulan. <laughs> Oh no. Last thing I heard was you were talking about you hadn't seen anything since Mulan, or any Disney since Mulan. Yeah, Mulan, I think I think that's the last one I saw. There might have been another one around that time. I I don't know, I don't remember the order of those films. Yeah, I think Mulan was like the last of the Renaissance, (laughs) as I will keep referring to it. Um, Yeah. And that was like 98, I think? Man. Yeah, that sounds maybe right. I, I don't know. I saw Toy Story. Is that later? No, that was 95. Okay. I Toy Story 2 was 99. I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. Yep, so 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, they do the thing. I noticed they kind of talk about that thing, the Al- Alabreja, which is the uh, spirit guide. Oh, yeah. Which they kind of might confirm is Dante the dog oh yeah yeah he turns into something yeah yeah which I was like oh and they kind of show the movie and Ernesto's horse is also named Dante I'm like oh they're alluding to it oh I didn't even catch up on that catch on to that on the yeah he's like hurry Dante hurry or whatever sorry to anyone who has Mexican heritage (laughs) apologize to everyone uh and he he kind of meets up with... He does another song. Uh, he meets Ernesto, who he believes to be his father. Uh, and Ernesto introduces him to everyone. He's like, hey, it's my great-great-grandson. And as he's kind of doing it, he kind of is like, weren't you ever sad that you left your family? He's like... And he kind of is like, oh, I had to work for the people. And he kind of is like, aren't you sad you've left your family? Like, he has to bring it up to him. He's like, eh, you know. Yeah. And I was like, as he's doing it, I'm like, oh, he seems pretty self-centered. 
And then you're like, yeah, it's okay. He's with his grandfather or whatever, or his great great grandfather. And like a minute later, you're like, oh, Ernesto murdered Hector. <laughs> like, I was like, what a twist that his great great grandfather is a murderer. Like, like, I just found that so strange. I'm like, ugh, I, that's, that's, a, I did not, I was kind of like, that's more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, what happened. I wish that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, that's pretty dark that he's like a murderer. Even like this movie's about death, basically. Yeah, I, that's, that's I like, thought about uh, that too. There's a lot of murder in old Disney movies, I think. Yeah. Did you ever see? There's a thing on YouTube that's like um, all the villain deaths, like the worst villain deaths, and like the one with Tarzan. Oh yeah, like, he gets uh, like hanged and then like killed yeah. by a jaguar or apes. I don't remember which one, but yeah. He gets hanged. Yeah, he gets like tangled up in his like a bunch of vines. Yeah, like you see like his hanging body yeah. like in the shadow. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. I, I specifically remember that one. <laughs> Never saw that one. Also. I think in Oliver and Company, there's also like a drowning or something. <laughs> I think, like, the bad guy goes off a dock in his limo or something. Yikes. Uh, I think... I didn't see this one either. Hunchback Notre Dame. Oh, I yeah. Has, like, a bad one with the Count or whatever his name is. Yeah, there's some... I, I don't remember that one as much, but I've heard it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, then they're kind of tossed into that weird cave... Uh, and you're like, oh, Hector is the father, okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I kind of thought he was. But I was like, eh, they're going back and forth with my head. We're like, well, maybe he isn't. But I, I don't know, I'm like, yeah, I spotted you <laughs> a second, yeah. second in. It's always, you can, I don't know, the misdirect. It's sometimes, I don't know, it's too obvious yeah. for me sometimes, I think. Sometimes, it, does, do you feel like it ruins the movie for you? Or are you... If I know, um... I, I'm an adult. <laughs> like I, like I didn't look this one up beforehand, but I'm like the second I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's the father. Like the, they got into his backstory a little bit, so I'm like, I knew. You now for your song or whatever, I'm sure it's like, you know, oh crap, man, or whatever. But I was like, eh, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if I know who Luke's father is. You know, the second Star Wars come out, I'll I'll ruin it for myself. I don't care. <laughs> oh man. So I am. I have to go in. Who's raised parents? No, I gotta go into like sensory deprivation mode. No internet. Yeah. Uh, they kind of do that on that online on stage musical with the the woman who sings the song, and they kind of reveal uh, Ernesto to everyone with the camera. Yes. Miguel is kind of. Uh, they kind of have this thing where Hector is disappearing the whole time because he's being forgotten. He goes back home. He has, uh, tries to make Coco remember it, and his family's freaking out about it. Like, oh, you can't like music, Miguel, or whatever. You're not allowed. And he sings to remember me for Coco, and she kind of, like, has this moment of kind of like, oh, her mind kind of comes back, and she talks about her past and her remembrance of her parents and how much music kind of meant to her. I'm like, oh, okay. And that was probably the only time I was like, I, I was like, I figured I'd be bawling through this whole movie. Yeah, but, yeah. but that part I was kind of like, that part got me actually. I was like, okay, Yeah, the, like, the ending I think was the only part that really pulled me into. Was, yeah. 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 
And yeah, you, uh, Coco, and then they kind of reveal that Coco passes away. And you kind of see the, uh, the silhouette of the cat, kind of with the dog, and you see it's like yeah, the, yeah. the panther spirit guide. And then you see the family is kind of reunited at the end. Nice. And they sing, uh, My Proud Corazon, or My Proud Heart. Oh, yeah, good. See, now you're Spanish. But I knew that one. There's an anime called Bleach. Yeah. It's actually a surprising amount of Spanish in that anime for the first range. Huh. Later on, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I liked it overall. I think some of the family stuff, I'm like, oh, these freaking people. I don't know. I just <laughs> felt something to that that I was like, I didn't want to be a mechanic, dad. <laughs> yeah, you just want to get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall good. But that yeah, it it is definitely a a big kids movie. Yes. So, but it, it was enjoyable. You know, it was fine. I liked it. Yeah, it's interesting to see how your Disney uh, vacation or vacation from Disney was treat you. Uh yeah, we got one more. Yes, we can get into Animaybe, uh, where Jeff suggests new anime for me to watch every week because there's so much and I appreciate the art and the style and all the work that goes into it but it's always it seems hit or miss I never know what to pick so this week I watched Your Lie in April or I Met the Girl Under the Full Bloomed Cherry Blossoms and My Fate Has Begun to Change ah how how beautiful um but yeah, this is uh, a musical anime series, also based on a manga, I found out, as most are. And uh, uh, following Kosei Amira, who is this, like, very extremely talented t- piano prodigy. Um, they're in, like, eighth grade or something. Um yeah, something. So it's middle school. It's obviously very serious, but I mean, I don't know. I think in all cultures, like piano playing like that starts early and it becomes yeah. like your life pretty much. Um, I've never played piano, but I have. I mean, it seems to be general consensus like it is very disciplined practice. Um, this show has a great stereotypical anime opening where it's just those nice songs and the cherry blossoms falling and lots of fades and pans of characters and just a upbeat and just a lot of it's it's just your quintessential it is it, every anime opening but i like it i love it um uh the people's mouths in this really bothered me like the way mouths are drawn just somehow put me off. It was the first thing I noticed when you see uh, Ke- Keori? Keori. Yeah. yeah uh, I think she's the first person you see her face. Their mouths. I don't know. There was just something about They looked like they had like Joker smiles on. Like a, um, not like yeah, painted. Yeah. I think I know what you mean. Like Jack Nicholson Joker style where his like, mouth is pinned like that. Like <laughs> That's just what they reminded me of. It was, I don't know. Any angle I saw it from, their mouths. <laughs> it's just something I noticed. They like over accentuate the lips, right? Yeah. A little 
at least yeah. the top lip yeah and they just seem very like long like or the all the way across their face yeah. um but yeah it's uh and kosei he has i can't remember his friend's name but he's grown up down the street from her all the time and she I, yes yep and she always hits him in the head with a baseball because like this show opened up and uh, Kosei's like lying on the ground with glass all around him and there's like blood and a baseball on his head. I'm like, oh my god, this is another one of those shows where someone dies right away. <laughs> like, I feel like the last three or four anime, so many of them have been like this. Because, uh, yeah, there's uh, that the Konosuba also started like that too. Someone dies right away. Um, but no, it turns out that this happens all the time and uh, Tsubaki's a really good baseball player and she's always just hitting balls through the window but uh yeah they're good friends um i i kind of maybe picked up on she has a thing for kosei but he's too i don't know he's just typical dumb boy (laughs) it seems like typical dumb middle school oblivious boy like i was when all my friends were having girlfriends and i wasn't ready for it yet (laughs) as referenced in my good boy's state um but, uh, yeah, and, um, he has, I can't remember the boy, the, his friend who's a male's name, but he's also a jock, and I don't know why they're all friends, but he likes to go on dates, and he's gonna meet this girl the next day, um, and it is Kaori, and she is, um, Kosei, no, yeah, Kosei ends up, they are going to meet in the park, all four of them, double date-ish style. Because um, Tsubaki just needs someone to go with her. And he, like I said, he his fate be- <laughs> changes under the full blossom cherry tree when he's waiting in the park. Because he sees this girl playing, is it called a sousaphone or whatever? It's like a trumpet. With- Melodica. Oh, it's a Melodica. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those horns that you blow into, but it's also got piano keys. But she's playing that, and she's like playing a bunch of good music with her friends, and um, that's when uh, Kosei and his dumb, oblivious boy thing just starts staring. He starts obsessing. It's like love at first sight with this girl, and we kind of get some backstory about Kosei because they're actually there to see her violin performance, but he doesn't want to go because he, like Coco's family, hates music now, (laughs) or he can't play music. Um, Because you get this super depressing backstory about um, his mother was a piano teacher, and she was his piano teacher, and she, like I said, like, made it his life, and was, like, super disciplined, and she was also very sick, and she, like, made him feel guilty like this your good piano playing is the only thing that brings me joy so you better play at a hundred percent you little shit <laughs> like that's how she treats yeah, her kid it, it's super, like, the only way god's gonna heal me is if you win this competition and she just like manipulates her son like that it's pretty bad and i've only seen glimpses of that I, do they dive into that more i'm sure they i mean they're flashing back to it quite a bit in the first three yeah, did they mention, like, he he kind of bombs a recital? Yeah. I think. And, uh... I think... 
I don't know if it, you've gotten this far. She slaps him across the face. No, I haven't seen that yet. And he tells her, I hope you die. Oh, wow. Or something like Lisa, or something to that effect. And she does. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Spoiler. Yeah, the, I didn't see the slapping, but I knew that she, before he could um, win any super there's a certain competition that she died before he could complete his goal so he he carries around that guilt and he doesn't play piano anymore he says he can't even hear himself play when he plays um but he ends up going because he's so in love with kaori and he doesn't even know it yet and he goes to watch her play violin at her recital and um i i was not patient enough as this recital starting, you kind of she you see a few play people play before her, and it's a pianist and a violinist, and she the first competitors aren't even animated; they're just like static images of people there. I'm like, ah, oh, oh man, I wanted to just like Death Note. I want to see some crazy like flourishing and some like nice animation. But then, then Kaori gets on stage, and I wrote down. Okay, my patience paid off because now this is Violet. And she, like, they show, like, keys on the piano going up and down. And she's, like, whipping her hair back and forth. And she's playing the violin so hard. And it's really, it looks really cool. And I liked it a lot. And it was, yeah, she's super into it. But she also, there's, I mean, I don't, I didn't go much into music recital word world. I only played the band concerts for school and stuff. But she, uh. I guess they're supposed to play a certain piece and she goes way off script but everyone loves her she's like the audience pick and she's amazing but all of the time Kyori's sitting there and he's kind of describing um, he's kind of comparing her how he met her how her personality and impression was on him and like how she plays music that way like oh she's she's so fast tempered and she's quick to get angry just as her bow blah 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 and like I feel like the creators of the show are just in love with music and are just, like, romanticizing it, kind of. Because that's what Kaori, or Kosei's doing, and I don't even think he realizes it. Or he's, he's romanticizing both, and he doesn't realize it. But yeah, there's a lot of... The way that I've uh, written about food before, that's how he talks about music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his connection with it is kind of like... It, I think it's something he enjoyed doing, but his connection to it is, like, the, such a bleak experience you know, with his mother and, you know, this kind of tiger mom kind of, you know, learning way of, you know, musician, which I think, I think it's a thing that's really prevalent in Asian culture. Yeah. Like, you're going to be a prodigy, not you are a prodigy. Yeah, I heard, I, there's a Asian comedian I listen to a lot, actually, and he, uh, he has this story about his, he used to like do piano a lot and it was very strict and his mom like made him go to a recital, but she didn't even want to be present at the recital. She's like, I'm going to drop you off because parking's too hard here and I'm just going to circle around the building while you go do your like intense classical recital in front of all these judges. And it's just, it just reminded me like that kind of, that strict culture, the dance culture, the arts, just like, I don't know, some of these arts parents, um... But maybe if my parents were, my creators were like that, I would have <laughs> kind of been more motivated to stay with it. I don't know. But I, I mean, maybe because he is like an adverse reaction to it, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or I can just be totally broken and <laughs> <laughs> never want to do it again. Never want to practice what makes me happy again. 
But uh, yeah, then the next episode, um, it's kind of the first three episodes are Ko- Kosei kind of diving back into the musical world because Kaori starts to recruit him to be her pianist actually and work with him because he's a well-known celebrity although he's run away from it people still know his name and know his face when he steps into the recital hall so it's kind of like he has that ptsd of it and still follows him around but he hit our that's where kind of episode three left off that she was really trying to get him to go to do it and she's almost missing out on a recital to go get him last minute but it was uh it was interesting um I liked it. I I don't think I would stay with this though after 3. It's yeah. not bad, but the characters aren't super compelling to me so far. He just kind of seems like bland anime boy who is in love but doesn't know he's in love and um not the other. Uh, I guess Kaori is pretty. She's probably I think the most defined character in terms of like traits and stuff and making her stand out from the rest but that's probably the point because they're personifying her as music i think at least that's what i see out of it but it, yeah. it's not bad uh i saw that there was a live action movie <laughs> maybe i'll watch that but those are always terrible <laughs> um never know did you like the uh i know you said you like that performance do you, i think that he plays something else did you like his piano playing he, he played yeah um he was playing in he gets like convinced to play in the cafe which is actually that was a really good scene where he's like uh Kaori convinces him like she's like don't disappoint children because there's like two girls who kind of like are fooling around on the piano and uh so she made i thought it was a funny scene that's kind of an endearing scene because he's playing and he's doing really well he's like going nuts and off the rails on the cube the piano and it's really good and it was really well animated and then he kind of just all of a sudden he realizes he's playing and he just stops and breaks like a robot kind of i like that scene that was one of the more compelling scenes did they use his nickname in it yet the human metronome yeah yeah yep I think that's kind of like why he's so kind of drawn to Kaori because she plays it in such a kind of non, you know, scripted way. Yeah. She sticks so closely to the, uh, you know, the message of the music and all that stuff. Yeah, like chaos versus order. Yes, yin and yang. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'd hate to give it an Anna no, but I, I mean, it's just it's not bad. It's just not really up my alley. I like the animation though. Once it did get into it, like I said, it was violet, and uh, yeah, it kind of misdirected me. Yeah, the cherry blossoms all look really nice too. It's, uh, I mean, very like uh, bright environments. Uh, and like we usually do, we usually talk about what's next. Uh, I think I wasn't really sure about this one. I was like, oh, what genre do you want to see next? And it's like, how about music? And you're like, how about this other thing? I'm like, no music. <laughs> We did that last episode. Uh, uh, what do you want to see next? Anything in particular? Um, no. Did I say something last time? I don't even remember. I vaguely remember you being like, oh, this genre might be nice. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know anything about that genre. So how about this instead? Uh, there is other stuff I, you know, there's 
too many things they want you to watch. Um, and there's one that's kind of like an action, like gritty action horror thing. Uh, there's a bunch of comedies I'd like you to see. Um, to Did I say a comedy? Show. I might have said a comedy last time. I don't know. Yeah, I could do a comedy. I'd give you a comedy. Yeah, I can do. I'm thinking, yeah, slice of life or something. Um, I guess that's kind of what this was. It wasn't soon. Yeah. But um, less fantastical. I was thinking. Do you? Um, comedy. So I've got a few in mind. A, a lot of them are kind of high school related. Um, there's one called. It's about this girl who's very awkward. It's called. It's you. It's you guys' fault I'm not popular, and it's about a really awkward young lady going through high school. Dang. Uh, there's one I showed you a while back called Daily Lives of High School Boys. Right, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Michi Joe. Let's do the, yeah, it's you guys' yeah. fault I'm not popular. Let's do that Agreed. One. I was going to go with that. Misfits. Yeah. I can always identify with them. Yeah, this one's got a... A very different kind of opening <laughs> compared oh, okay. to the ones you've seen. I think you you'll like it. Uh, I would suggest looking it up if you can. Sweet. Um, and it it gets really like cringy, awkward too. It's it's pretty great. Like how like how bad it gets. Like she finds a thing that like she has a, like an electric toothbrush and she like collapses and her mother walks into the room. So she it looks like she's been. Like that. It's really bad. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, what do you have for a movie for me? All right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna subject you to this. I'm gonna make you dive in. I wasn't. Oh I know I said I wasn't gonna give you a Marvel movie. I'm still kind of technically not, but this is available on Netflix, and it, um, it's. I don't think I've heard many negative things about it, uh, so I'm gonna have you watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Okay. It's the. It is an animated Spider-Man, and it's non-canonical of any other movies. It's just standalone. So, I mean, you know Spider-Man, you'll and you'll watch it, and it's not a rehashed million origin story either. Yeah, and that's probably the best one to pick because I don't have to watch like ninety other. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. This will stand alone, and uh, yeah, I. It's got. It's a little chaotic, but uh, it's also yeah. It's it's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. Period. So. Have you seen both of the new ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of okay. any live-action one, I think this one's the best. As it says in live-action, but I think it's better than any of them. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the old Spider-Man cartoon where Peter Parker's like massive, like he's ripped? Oh yeah, like the '90s one. Or... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He is pretty buff in that. Yeah, it's always been like nerd Peter Parker, like he's like pushing like two bills. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. what a nerd. But yeah, I guess we can wrap it up from here then. Uh, you can contact us, show at gmail.com or at show. Let me try that again. We're at show on all the socials. You know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Check them all out. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. 
uh, tell your friends. Caleb O'Brien, he does all our music. Check him out on Twitter. Check him out on Spotify or most of your streaming stuff. Uh, where can people find you, Jeff? Uh, I am on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, at Shaw, doing various uh, art uh, stuff, jokes stuff. I just put out a killer that nobody liked on uh, Twitter. Uh, a really dumb joke about um did you at him because did you know he's on twitter now yeah i saw his tweet about like how he'd have to be getting back at people or something like why why do you post that yeah um i have a youtube thing for this uh, podcast that i have put i think two videos on that i'm not very good at being prompt about it uh i've been trying to set up a way to just stream stuff from my ps4 because my ps4 is i use that way more often but apparently i need an encoder so that's been a pain yeah yeah so i don't know still figuring out a video game type thing yeah the technical stuff's always the fun part yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah and uh yeah we'll see you next episode then bye later